This is 1252 Sports Chicago. Ace Camacho at twelve fifty two Sports Chicago. What's up, everybody? My name is Angelo Ace Camacho, and this is another edition of the Sport Core Podcast. I am your host. Along with me, my buddy from 1252, Alan Bratchett. You can find him over on that Bears fan with a brain on Facebook. And uh, Alan, how you doing tonight, man? I'm fantastic. How are you, man? Oh, it's good. It's good, man. It's a beautiful day outside until it rains in like an hour and a half. I was going to say, it's not here. It's raining. (laughs) gray as hell. It's horrible here. Yeah, it was a a nice day out here, but it's supposed to rain within the next hour. So if you guys are hearing some thunder and lightning, that's what it is. It's not just our fiery takes. (laughs) Not not our spinning hot fire. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, So, man, a lot of stuff happened today. Well, let's break it down. So we had our show Thursday. And then over the weekend, rookie mini camp started and all that stuff. And, um, you know, voluntary workouts and all that. Justin Fields did an interview. Matt Nagy did an interview. So there's been a lot of stuff um, on the Bears front. And we're definitely going to get to all that. We got Eric Lambert from Sports Mockery joining on, jumping on around 730. Um, So we'll have plenty of time to talk Bears. But before we get into the Bears talk, the White Sox, man, uh, Mercedes, the Yerminator, uh, pissing a lot of the old school baseball guys off, right? Pissing With, uh, everybody off. That's yeah. not that's not younger than or probably older than forty five. I'd say, yeah, it's, it's so <laughs> ridiculous, man. We have that, and then uh, you know some some Wrigley Field legends returned, Absolutely. Kyle Schwarber and uh, John Lester. So I'll let you start. Where do you uh, out of those two, the Schwarber and Lester? And- your main Mercedes, which one you want to touch on first? I gotta drive the Mercedes first, I think. All right. So I, there's a lot to there's a lot to hash out on that. Andrew so Tarville and the cat are already saying it. Yes, right here, man. <laughs> right, for real. For those of you that aren't familiar with what happened yesterday, the White Sox were winning what 15 to 4. Yeah. I believe it was in the sixth inning, was it? Something like that. Uh, six or seven. So they were winning by a lot. Right. And your main Mercedes comes up. Mind you, this is a guy who fought his way to make a pro MLB roster. And yeah. it's not guaranteed for him. He's taken every at bat with, you know, as much heart that he can. Comes up. The White Sox are winning. Uh, the Twins have some positional player in pitching to save <laughs> their arms. And it's a, it's a slow pitch. 47 miles an hour. 47 miles an hour, and he crushed it over the fence for a home run. And a lot of the old school baseball guys are are pretty pissed about that. They think, hey, you should have just stood there and not swung, I guess. I don't know. 
So let him strike you out. Okay. So, so, so first of all, hitting a 47 mile an hour pitch, it may sound like that's like something that that's like easy, Mm -hmm. but the less speed you have on a ball, the less velocity you have it going out. So the faster the pitch, the more chance of it going out farther. So the fact that he did that alone is strength out of your mind hard to do. Like it's, it's hard to, to hit a baseball that like that going that fast. First and foremost, that's fucking impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even mad. Like I'm impressed. Like he's he's a big strong dude. Okay. Unwritten rules, right? I think we're all tired of him. I especially am. in baseball, man. Like that's all you hear about all yeah. the time. Every year it's the same bullshit, right? Yes. Unwritten rule this. Oh, well you can't do this and blah. If you want to win a game, you win a game, right? My yeah. thought process is if you don't want the guy to hit a home run when you're losing by 12 runs, then don't be losing by 12 runs. Manage your pitching staff better. You know, right. there's a lot of things you can do there. Angelo. Forfeit the game if you don't want if you don't <laughs> want to sit there and watch, you know, hey, you could. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and so the thing for me, and it's something I kind of touched on you with earlier, mm-hmm. it's these guys are in arbitration all the time. Yeah. Most of these guys are. Your main is a special case because he's he's 28 now. You know he's he's on a one year deal. He's making like 570 thousand or something. This guy's playing for a contract. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you expect him to do? Like he is trying his best to put up the best numbers he can so he can get the most money possible. The only way to do that is to go 110 all the time. And he even said today in his interview. I'm going to do me, even though he talks in third person, which yeah. is kind of weird to me. It's He says, I am going to do me all the time. Okay, that's that's what I want out of anyone on my team. I want somebody who's going to go out all the time, who's always trying their hardest to put out the most they can. That's all you can ask for as a fan. Absolutely. And for me, I mean, it's a no-brainer. I don't care what it was like in 1962 or, or whenever. I'm I'm over that. Let's get with the times, guys. Like, thank God for the White Sox. And I'm a Cubs fan first, obviously, but I love the way that the White Sox act. I love their attitude. I love their swagger. I love everything they do. And that's what we need more in baseball, man. The White Sox, what's their slogan right now? Change the game, right? Change the game. And and that's what this team is doing. This team has so much swagger. And I'm not even a White Sox fan. I'm a Cubs fan. It's, you know, well-documented on this network that I'm – Diehard Cubs fan. Yeah, you and me both, brother. White Sox team is fun to watch, man. They got that swagger. They got that, that you know, we're going to beat you, and we're going to beat you good, and we're not yeah. afraid to. I mean, you don't get to be first place in the division doing that. And I believe, I looked it up, and I believe their run differential going into tonight is something nuts, like 73. Yeah, it's the like best that. in baseball. Yeah, it's insane. I'm, it, it, yeah. I'm pretty sure it is, and I can't find – where I had that, but I know it's, it's, I'm pretty sure it was 73 is yeah. the run differential. That's, that's insane. It's insane. Yeah. But that's the kind of team that you want. I mean, the only negative about that to me would be is if you have like the Cubs do sometimes where you have, where they blow it up and they get 10 runs and then they can't hit the rest of the time. That's right. not the case with the Sox team. No. Not at all. You know, it just seems like they're on and they're not they're not letting off that train. And I don't want them to. Yeah, I, I don't. They are 
So they are plus 73 in okay. the run differential. That's, that's insane cr- that's to crazy. me. The, the Cleveland Indians, for people wondering, they're plus seven <laughs> in run differential. So, and that's the same, <laughs> the same division. So let that sink in <laughs> where the White Sox team is <laughs> with how much they're, they're just destroying the baseball right now. Yeah, which I love. I love that. And I don't want it to stop. I want every team to be like this. Yeah, Let's, it, let's it, hope it, going it, forward we can. I just I, so Alan and I were talking before the show, and, and we'd like to hear from you guys watching. Yes, we will. Um, in the description, there's a link to hop on the streamyard with us if you want to jump in and talk. That goes for anybody. Um, All fans you know, invited. Chubbs, I know you were you were. I hope you were Chubbs is here. Us. Yeah, me too. We'll have Chubbs. Is he here? I, I hope I he is. I got so many platforms going right now. I'm not sure where everybody's at, but uh, you know, Tarbill, if he wants to jump on for a couple minutes, I'm cool with that. Too. I want to hear from all of you guys. After we get Eric on, we'll talk some bears, and then after that, we'll we'll definitely just jump jump right back into this unwritten rules stuff, you know. And yes, I'm I'm cool with that. Uh, another storyline for Chicago baseball is the return of the great John Lester and yes. Kyle Schwarber, you know, and Watching the game last night, it was kind of bittersweet for me. Um, you see a guy in John Lester who was on the mound for your team and literally the biggest moments for your franchise in the last 108 years. Yeah. And now he's suited up for somebody else. You know what I mean? And and it was a little bittersweet for me. Um, I understand can't hold on to everybody all no. the time, but he was somebody I felt – they could have kept for at least one more year. I don't think he's playing more than this year. No. I think it would have been nice to just let him ride off wearing the Chicago Cubs pinstripes and blue. And but that hey, I don't control the finances. So But okay, so here's the thing about that. There's a couple ways to look at this. So for me, A starting one, he's making two million this year. Like you you're not going to tell me that you couldn't find two million to scrape off the ground for this guy yep. who's who who's given you everything. That's kind of the meathead side for me going, okay, well, you know, he's a guy who's been here forever. Let's hold on to him. I wasn't mad when they got rid of him because I thought that maybe we could get something a little more current and better, mm-hmm. but I looked it up and the guy is a better ERA than all of our starters. Granted, he's been hurt. He's pitched 21 innings. And I think, I think our guys are around in the 30s. But he is a better ERA than all of our guys, all of them. Yeah. And that right there tells me something. That tells me that, you know, are we going in the right direction? It's hard to tell. I it st- is. I still think it's time to blow this team up. I've been saying that, and I'm not coming off of it because they don't show me enough every day, you, you know, to really make me think any any other way than than that that's just my take on this and now, now i'll say this off. their hitting has been better when they had guys like matt duffy in the yeah. lineup and i'm not uh, a big duffy fan Marisnik but... when he was healthy yeah you know, they kind of i'm not a huge duffy guy either but they're guys that they're not that boomer bust mentality you know what i mean they look to get on base and make something happen i was at the game a couple weeks ago and they had nine hits and all of them were singles like that's not that's not normal for the Chicago. That's small ball baseball. Right? Yeah, and that's where I think this team has to go, man. Is this 
you know, it doesn't all have to come at once. If you get two runs in the first inning, you know, two runs in the third inning, yeah, four runs, you know, later on, like there's ways to build upon a lead that yes. this Cubs team just doesn't do. It's either <laughs> – it's either well, home run or nothing. Bases and hit a home run, or yeah. we'll strand the bases loaded. One of the be two. lucky to even have the bases loaded hitting a home run. Like, right? I feel like this team is the king of the solo home run. That's just the way I. I mean, and I'm not. I'm not a guy who watches even every day because I get kind of bored. Just like you know, we talked about. Like, there's not that White Sox swagger kind of stuff with this team, and mm-hmm. it's hard to watch a baseball game. Last yeah. night. I watched that whole game last night because just of the storylines alone, you know, they had their new pitcher that they brought up. His name is, um, I'm not remembering it at the moment. I probably, it'll probably pop in there last minute, but he pitched very well. Um, just, um, Elsele. No, 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 no. Um, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but, he was dynamite last night. Like he, he he came in the ninth inning, just completely tore it up. But you know there were so many storylines with Schwarber coming in and about how Bryant left Candy out for him yep. out at left field. You know, just like seeing those guys still have that camaraderie, even though they're not playing for the same team, was a special kind of thing to see. You know, yeah. that they had the video tribute for them and all that stuff's great, but going forward what do we need to do so we get this team back to those kind of days and And, that's a massive question well and you're right like like that's been the question here mike and i've discussed it plenty of times on the fat mike chicago show um we've talked about it we've had guys on to talk about it the team is is like you said boomer bust yeah and it's never clutch when you need them to be clutch and our boy chubbs is here yes finally (laughs) but uh chubbs we need to get you on tonight, buddy. Yeah, Hop in right. that stream link tonight. We yeah. will. We will debate. I will definitely love debating with you. Yeah, man, get him on, and we'll and we'll chat it up. Like I said, guys, our goal here tonight is we got Eric. We're going to talk a little bit about the Bears, and then Al and I are just going to bullshit sports, man. If we're going to improv. In, we're just going to go with us. Let's do it. You know, yes. I mean, no take is the wrong take on this show. I mean, keep it respectful, obviously. Please. But, but uh, you know we have boundaries, and we will we will drop you. But <laughs> um, but back to the Cubs, man. It's like Mike and I have talked about it since 2017. These bats, even if you think about it, in 2016, the whole playoff run, yeah, there were games where they didn't hit it all. Also, you know, and it's, <sighs> it's always been the narrative. And yeah. I I mean I think 2016 was just the year that they figured it out more times than not, but. Yeah. I, I don't even know if the teams they were playing really had an answer for what they were doing on a day-to-day basis. You know, after 2016, a lot of teams adjusted to them yep. and it just came out kind of ugly. Right. Like, like especially guys like Rizzo and Bryant, they kind of really started to trend downward. Bryant yeah. this year is completely different than he's been the last oh, night and a half. I was ready at the beginning of the year. I was ready to ship him out of town. I was ready to keep Javi Baez and try to sign Rizzo to uh, anything close to a, a team-friendly deal, which isn't probably going to happen. Right. But no, now, now I'm like sitting here, like, do we keep him? Like, is he has he shown enough to do that? But I feel like he might be one of those guys where as soon as we pay him, yeah. he's going to go back to the old guy, and then he's not going to be. 
you know, producing and we're going to have a whatever $200 million guy who is fucking batting like 230. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, like I don't really want that. that. No, you can't. Like there's just so many good players on the market this off season. I feel like they, they have to explore that Avenue. If you can get a haul for Chris Bryant today, take it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I heard, we've heard the rumblings that the Yankees are in on him. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, it's hard to believe that they would trade Gleyber Torres Hmm. for a Chris Bryant. Right. And, but I would love it too, but I I (laughs) do not see any scenario where that's a situation. Not a bit. Um, Now, like you said, I think Brian's going to want too much money. And in the spot you're in as as an organization with the Chicago Cubs, you have to look for, cost-effective players, guys yeah. that you can, you know, use that are going to produce, but also allow you that flexibility to get other players in the future. Because right now, as much as I love this team, they are not built to win a World Series. No, they're not. But, okay, so you say that, but there's a couple things that are predicated with that. So for starters, are we going to have max capacity? Is right. it going to be if you're vaccinated, you're allowed in at max capacity? That's a massive part in this because a lot of people this offseason were complaining, screaming, yelling. I was one of them that we weren't spending money. But yeah. the way that they set their system up was all predicated on them having fans in the stands every day, which if you don't have that, obviously things change. Right. And with how much money they spent in renovations – to renovate the whole area around Wrigley yeah. Field, to renovate Wrigley, Wrigley Field, Field itself, Arizona, right? You know, everything exactly. They have there. There's there's talk that they're so far in debt that it's hard to kind of get you to where you need to be. Yeah, but somebody like me and you don't understand that every day because we're not making billions of dollars. Yeah. As much and as I'd like to say I am, I'm I'm not. The meatheads in us are like, why don't you spend fucking money, guys? Yeah. Like you got the money in your pocket, spend it. Who cares about your yacht? You know, like (laughs) give me a baseball player, but it is what it is with that. Like, so that, and I think they're going to need a big name because they're going to drop a name this year. It's going to happen. Someone's going. Our guy Chubbs thinks that it's going to be our boy Rizzo. I, he might be right. He might be right because Rizzo's the guy that's kind of, he's a little older than these guys. I mean, he's the, the locker room guy. He's the leader. So you're going to have to replace that. You're going to have to replace that name with, with a big name. Now that brings me to the fact that, so if there's all these shortstops out there on the market, why would you keep Chris Bryant and Javi Baez? Cause yeah. you could have one of them play second or third. Well, actually, no, I'm taking second out because Nico Horner, that guy's yeah, a stud. Be, yeah. He'll be the everyday. He's second. not going anywhere. No. But you need a third baseman or you put Brian in the outfield and you'd have to get somebody who could play third base. Like maybe, you know, I don't think Trevor Story could, but like maybe somebody like that who's like a big name that can hit the ball (laughs) consistently. Like I'd have to get the rundown of it, but there's enough shortstops out there for somebody to please jump on that and and, bring a big name here. The good thing about Chris Bryant, right? is he can play so many different positions. Not that Javi mm. can't, yeah. but Javi can play second. in the infield. Right. Yeah, like, you know, Javi played second stop. a lot. But. I know he played third base a couple times, what, last year? Yeah. but He could do it. But, right, but Bryant can give you that versatility in the outfield and yeah. 
in the infield. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. he's somebody, the way he's hitting, you know, you Javi's just looks lost at the plate. I mean, he's swinging at everything. He looked good last night. He, he did. too bad last night. But that's but the thing. Is he, the thing. He's just like this team where some nights he looks great, other nights he looks completely lost and confused. Inconsistency yep. across the board. And that's something that they have to get away from. And they have to know what kind of team they are. And right. I don't. I feel like they don't even really have a real identity. They're just kind of hovering over 500, and I don't see that changing. I think it's going to be the same thing all year long. I actually picked them to win. I picked them to win 84 games, and I picked the White Sox at the time. I wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid, and I picked them to win 85. So I'm an idiot. I don't know baseball. I don't think you're an idiot. I just think that a <laughs> lot of people were skeptical about the whole Tony La Russa thing. That's what put me on the fence, which is something that we didn't even really get into is that you know, now that Tony La Russa has he he's come out on your main and said that yeah. he's going to be dealt with internally in the family. You already have rifts. I think Eaton came out today and said that he doesn't agree with it. You've already yeah. got a rift on this baseball team. How does that change going forward? What is Tony going to do really to rectify this so everybody's happy? I I don't see an answer. So I read the whole like his whole. Um comment about the situation to me maybe i'm a you know i'm trying to be an optimistic guy here not to create rifts in in any situation but he kind of chalked it up to okay your main's a first year guy he didn't read my my sign i said take on 3-0 which usually you know that's that unwritten rule that (laughs) the unwritten rule is you you take a 3-0 pitch you know what i mean and and yeah. Maybe he's more upset at the fact that this rookie came up and didn't follow his signs. I think it's 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 a bad look for Larusa in this locker room that oh, people already wondered how he would adapt to it. But now you're coming in there and you're just throwing gasoline on a fire that you don't need to. You're supposed no. to be the guy that comes in there and that's going to help these yeah. these swagging out players be able to feel comfortable doing that. Yeah, he's supposed to unify this team, and instead he's separating it yeah. 110%. And didn't you know, he say something about uh, uh, Tim Anderson last year with yeah. the bat flip stuff? Yeah, yeah. I he's mean, not a fan, but but he went back on that a little bit now, and mm-hmm. he's okay with that because he has to be because if he's not, he probably wouldn't have got hired. I mean, honestly, like him going in and just, you know, trying to be Grandpa Tony and <laughs> fucking act like this does not help this team. Like, you can't control a locker room the way you could 20 years ago, 30 right. years ago. Like, it's not the same game now. And he just – I don't think he realizes that still. He thinks he's the guy who's just going to call all these shots and everything is going to go the way he wants it to go, and it's not that way anymore. That's not no. the way baseball's run. Baseball's run with a committee of people. It's – it's not all the manager. Right. It all comes back to the signing of Tony La Russa, and I still think it's going to be that at the end of the year. It's going to be the same shit at the end of the year. But- My thought process with the Tony La Russa signing is the same thought process I have with Dalton versus Fields, right? Yeah. Like, How much do you expect to get from a guy who's at the age of Tony La Russa? What did you say he is, 73? Uh, he's up there, yeah. Yeah. Something like no, that. I think like, he's older than that, actually. I think, I think you're right. To, I want to say like 76. I think he's closer but, to 80, yeah. I think he's but, 76 or 77. Wait, what do you expect from a coach at that age? 
Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Like, Joe Madden wasn't that way for the Cubs. Right, but Joe Madden also didn't take 10 years off before he decided to come back into coaching. That's the difference. You know what I mean? Imagine Joe Madden running. said he's 78 years old. Okay, yeah. I I thought he was close to 80. Yeah. He he should be in a retirement home. Yes. Right now. Like Like you said, (laughs) Madden, yeah, but the difference is Madden came from one program. Yeah. And was coaching. Then he yeah. came to the Cubs and was coaching. Now he's in Los Angeles and he's still coaching. He's up to date on all this stuff, current baseball, yeah. right? He sees where that trend is. I mean, when he was in Chicago, he read a book about how to manage millennials. Remember, that was the big yes. thing going into, <laughs> into the offseason a couple of years ago. And yeah, like you got a guy in La Russa who hasn't been in the coaching position in 10 years coming into a new, completely different league. Nothing is the same. Ten, 10 years from now, if I'm still doing this in this exact same spot, I'm not a success, right? You're not going to be I the same guy. have to evolve, right? Yeah. You have to evolve. And I don't know how you evolve with a with a coaching mentality that you haven't been in or around. Well, and he hasn't taken the time to really learn that. Like, just like you said, like, yeah, you know, Joe Madden got the book, How to Coach Millennials or whatever. Yeah. At least he did that. At least he made an effort. This guy's just like, it's my way or the highway. I'm coming yep. in. Here's what it is. No bullshit. If you don't like it, go. And I just don't like the way he's he's doing things. And he doesn't know the rules completely. He he has a guy in his year who should be telling him these things and, like, what's going on at all times. I feel like he's lost sometimes. <laughs> I, I just don't feel like he knows what's even going on. Like, you know, kind of like Tom Brady when he played the Bears and he thought it was fourth down for the second time. Right. Uh, and he's like, oh, uh, yeah, like he just had one of those moments. But Tony has those moments all the time. Like, yeah. All the time. And he, the, the only thing I think one. that's saving him right now is the fact that this team is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they were in third place in this division, right? Oh, he'd be, he'd be, getting he'd be toast. Yeah. He'd be getting tarred and feathered right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nobody would want him around. He no. probably would have left. And we I don't think they want him around anyway. Ago. Yeah. I mean, I I I highly doubt that this White Sox team wants him as their coach. There so are people probably internally. Him, yeah, but, like there are people internally saying that that I mean, there's people on both sides. Right. But I've heard internally that there's people in this organization that don't even want him there. Right. And well, Rick Hahn <sighs> wasn't a fan when he first Rick Hahn is the guy that you should have everything set around like he built this this is yep. his baby and then you go and pick so you go behind his course, back and you know? do that that's that's some that's ryan page shady shit right there that's some bad shit mm-hmm. yeah that's like drafting a quarterback and, and not telling your fucking <laughs> not coach telling your coach. yep that's the same it's, thing it, it just uh, doesn't make any sense to me but i digress with that yeah i mean it's uh it's yeah. frustrating because like i'm like i said i'm not a white Sox fan but if it was the cubs and it was the other way around i'd be completely annoyed with oh i'd be situation. i'd be going insane the only silver lining is the fact that they're doing as well as they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And they will continue in spite of him, hopefully, playing the way that they're playing. Right. And, and like Chubbs, Chubbs in the chat said, you know, it, coaching is different in every league. It is. I don't think Major League Baseball, especially position player-wise, I don't think the, the manager has a lot to do with those guys. You know, like, yeah, he talks to him. Hey, this is where you're going to be. This is the lineup. This is where everybody's – you know, batting, yeah. but the majority of a manager in baseball's job is to what manage the bullpen, lineups, pitching, right? Manage situational pitching, pitching stuff exactly. Like that. Yeah. You know, and 
But that's the other thing is how do you not set yourself up with coaches on your staff that know current baseball? You know, that's what I mean? because that's because Tony LaRusse is living in 1992 and he thinks he can do it all himself. That's and that's he true. can't. He thinks that that this is the same way it was back then. And just like I said earlier, he's one of those guys that is just sitting there thinking that it's either his way or the fucking highway. Yeah, and yeah. That's the way he's going to go. But. But you know what? It's like we got our buddy Eric waiting. That's right. Eric's sitting in the green room. Before we jump to Eric, um, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, our sponsor, our friends at the White Oak Farm venue in Michigan City, Indiana. We got a little message from them. So here you go. Honey, will you marry me? Yes, yes, yes. Let's Let's get out of here. Come to Indiana's premier venue. Come to the farm. Come see all the wildlife. Come to White Oak Farm Venue in Michigan City, Indiana. Come to our 80-acre sanctuary right off I-94 in Michigan City, Indiana. Come see all we have to offer from two brand-new Amish-built barns with climate control. Come see the ponds with beautiful waterfalls, meadows and wildflowers, and so much more. Come see our secluded venue. After you enter our private road, you'll be in your own world away from it all. With outdoor ceremony spaces, wood-fired pizza ovens, and lots of fresh air. Come enjoy Northwest Indiana's premier wedding venue, where you gather with your family and friends. Stretch your legs and enjoy the most memorable day of your life. Visit White Oak Farm Venue at whiteoakfarmvenue.com or on Facebook slash Instagram. All right. That was a word from our friends over at the White Oak Farm venue. Beautiful um, looking place. It is. It's really nice. If I ever get married, if. Nice place. It's a I might F. actually take. I don't know if I want to drive. I'm not sure if I want to drive from Wisconsin down to Indiana just to get I hope married. You're, I hope your girl's but, not watching this right now. Eh, she's, she's in the back. She if? Was, even if she was. <laughs> the conversation's been had. But anyways, <laughs> let's welcome in our guy from Sports Mockery, Eric hey. Edward. How are we doing tonight, Eric? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? Good. Thank you for jumping on with us. Uh, I know, you know, with this whole new sport court thing, dates have kind of gotten confused. We've had yes. some stuff, but I appreciate you shuffling stuff around to jump on with us. A lot of uh, big bear stuff has happened over the last couple of weeks, you know, rookie <laughs> mini camp and all that stuff. Uh, we had Matt Nagy interview, talk about Justin Fields. I'd like to get your thoughts on where you see – Justin Fields coming into this team as a starting quarterback week one, week six. We got a couple sound bites from Nagy about what he thinks, but I'm curious to see if you've heard anything or what your thoughts are. The, the way I have seen this whole thing play out is Nagy has had a plan about this for a while now, probably yeah. even before they drafted Fields. The fact that they got Fields was something he really wanted. That's without question. He was their guy. So to get him was really exciting. But at the same time, Nagy has seen this scenario play out before, and not just with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's been with Andy Reid for a long time, and Reid did it with Donovan McNabb. He did it to a lesser extent with Michael Vick. So he knows that sitting a quarterback for a period of time gives that quarterback a chance to prepare better without taking all the hits and all that other stuff before getting on the field, and then when they're most comfortable or or comfortable enough, then you can throw them out there. They'll still make some mistakes, but probably make fewer than they would if you just threw them out there right away. He's trying to 
make Justin Fields as comfortable as possible before he has to put him out there and start the process of him becoming the franchise guy. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that, Eric, 110%. Um, Outside of, you know, the big rookies that we have, obviously we've got Tevin Jenkins, we've got Justin Fields. What rookie makes you most excited out of this draft after minicamp? And are are there any diamonds in the rough in this camp that can really help the Bears make some noise? Uh, I myself am a, a personal fan of Daz Newsom, their sixth-round yeah. pick out of North Carolina. I, I think like him he's, too. I think he's highly underrated. He was overshadowed by his more celebrated teammate, De'Ami Brown, also a really good player. But when you have two guys who are good, one's going to have to be A and the other's going to have to be B. We know this, and Daz was the B. But if you watched him at North Carolina, he's a big playmaker. I mean, every time they needed a big catch, he was the, usually the guy who made it. And he has some great hands, good route running skill. He's quick faster than you'd think particularly on the field he doesn't time very well but when you watch him on the field he's much faster than you'd think got game day speed yeah yes exactly and i honestly think that he's a guy who performs better in games than you'll ever see in practice so i'm really anxious to see him on the field in in the preseason because i think he's going to show some things that make the coaches think we might need to get this guy on the field sooner than later (laughs) i agree 100 percent. he so actually fields that was the first call fields made after he was drafted, he called him first. And the first thing he said was, let's get to work. I'm really mm-hmm. hoping that you're right about that dynamic with those two. I really hope it goes well. Same here. You know, and speaking of speed, it's no it's no secret that Matt Nagy went out and he found guys this offseason that were going to open up the field, right? Mm-hmm. Um now we we talked when Mitch was the quarterback. I I, you know, he who should not be named. Uh, but that there <laughs> no. was struggle, that there was struggle for for Matt Nagy to open up the playbook and run the offense that he wanted to run. What do you see this Matt Nagy offense looking like with a guy like Justin Fields under center? I think they're going to try and incorporate a lot of what they did at Ohio State. You know, a lot of shotgun mixed with under center, of course, but also running out of the shotgun and really trying to incorporate the play-action pass, which is something that Fields has proven he can be quite deadly at, not just with the you know the run-pass option, but play-action in general, because his arm, his deep ball in particular, is what you'd call special. Yeah. I mean, I watched a ton of film on him, and his deep ball is, one, is easily the most impressive in this class, and that includes Lawrence. And that's something that Nagy has been searching for for three for over three years now. He's trying to get the deep ball incorporated into his offense, but he hasn't had a quarterback that can do it consistently. Mitch couldn't do it. Nick Foles couldn't do it. So now he thinks he finally has that guy in Justin Fields. And by watching the film, you'd agree. So it's a question of getting him the necessary protection and getting him targets that can get open down the field. And that's been his focus this offseason. Marcus Goodwin, Damier bird they have mooney and then you throw newsom who's an underrated deep target in his own right you know they've got options to finally get some big plays going in this offense i agree actually i heard Nagy say um i can't remember which station i heard it on but he said he wanted them to be the fastest practicing offense in the nfl i love hearing that i love uh-huh. the speed i love the options but let's talk about the other side of the ball so we've got sean desai now and you know hopefully going forward they just let him have free reign. He's been there a long time. He knows what's up. He he was under Vic Fangio. What do you think we are going to run this year as 
a basic defensive scheme and, you know, are there going to be more blitz packages? Are we going to press up on the ball more? What do you think the, the entire defense is as a whole this year? I think we're going to see a lot of what we saw with Vic Fangio in that terms of style of defense, you know, very tough, very rugged style, highly disciplined, you know, always be on your marks, all that sort of stuff. I think they're going to try and let guys with the instinctive side of their game come out a little more, which wasn't always the case with Chuck Pagano, which is going to be big for Eddie Jackson because that's the way he plays instinctive, you know, trusting where he needs to go to get the football and when you let your guys play like that, they tend to play better. They tend to play more free. So I think that's what Desai is going to be looking for. But at the same time, trying to maintain a structure of discipline to not always be out of position. Be in position, but if you feel you can go get the ball, fine, go get the ball. But if you it. don't, it's going to be on you to correct that mistake. Yeah, so with with the history that Desai has with Vic Fangio, guys like Khalil Mack, they seem to – I wouldn't say struggle, but just not flash as much as we kind of hoped, right? And then a guy like Robert Quinn came in last year. You had the the first uh, play that he was in, and that was basically the end of it. Do you see Desai being somebody who can come in and get these guys, especially Mac and, and Quinn, back up to that caliber that we're hoping for? Good question. I, I do. And and the reason I say this is because Desai is extremely well prepared. He's very organized. He's very disciplined in his pro, in his approach. And he has a plan. One of the things I've, I've heard about him consistently is he, he evaluates carefully all of his players, all of his all of his assistant coaches as well. And he wants to know what their strengths are and he wants to know their weaknesses. And like any good coach, he wants to maximize the strengths and hide the weaknesses as much as possible. So he's going to determine, OK, what is what does Khalil Mack do best? What does Robert Quinn do best? And so on and so forth. And then it's my job to put them in the best position to use those strengths. And I think that's going to be his primary focus this year. I agree with that because I, I think I read somewhere, and I'm not sure where, but I think they said that Mack dropped back like 30% of the overall yeah. plays. That's insane. Yeah. You have your best bull out there dropping back. That, that doesn't make any sense to me at all either, Eric. So I completely agree with that. Um, just one right off the top of my head. What do you think, like this wide receiver core, just like you kind of brought up Newsom earlier, it's stacked. So what's going to happen with guys like Anthony Miller? Like are we going to see some trades coming up after June 1st when all the cap goes down a little bit for these – you know, in-house trades or whatever. Um, what do you think that wide receiving core is going to look like? I think that this is probably the deepest wide receiving core they've had in terms of experience and proven pro- productivity that they've had in Nagy's tenure. I mean, they've always had Robinson. He's a stud. We know this. The, the problem has been finding those that supporting cast, you know, the, the number two guy and the number three guy who can support him consistently. And I think they finally have the number two with Mooney. I think he's going to be a really good player for them moving forward, considering his talent and his work ethic specifically. So the question is, can they finally find that number three guy and that number four guy to sort of fill out the starting lineup for them, which has always been a problem the past couple of years. And I think they finally have guys like Bird, guys like Goodwin, and even Miller. I mean, I understand a lot of people are done with Miller after the frustrating way his last season ended, and justifiably so. You know, he should be playing better considering his talent level. But at the same time, some guys, you know, grow slower than others. So I think the Bears are content to at least give him another chance in training camp. 
And if by some chance another team comes calling with a trade, they'll be open to it. And, you know, I've seen them, you know, make trades later in a year before. I believe, uh, who was it? Uh, they traded somebody. In, oh, Adam Shaheen. They traded him in July. Shaheen, right they, um, they got um, from the Chargers a yeah. couple years ago. Um, he's the name's dropping Inman. out of my head. Andrew yeah, Inman. Inman. yeah. Inman. yeah. So, it's another you know, one. That's a desperation keep, move, but yeah, still. they're going to keep the you know the trade idea open, but at the same time, you know, it's not like he's you know hard against the cap in terms of money. He's still relatively cheap, so it's like yeah. let's keep him around. If he performs well in camp, we'll give him another shot, and yeah. who knows, he might perform well. And if he doesn't, he's gone next year. No harm, yeah. no foul. So exactly. Right. It is a contract here too, which which could be beneficial for them going forward. Right, players usually seem to shine out when their contracts are on the line. You know what I mean? And, and who knows? Give him a couple weeks on the team if he flashes out, and you still want to move on from him. It's better to have a little bit of footage on him doing well to kind of dangle in front of other teams. Um, now back to the other side of the ball. We the, the Bears got rid of Kyle Fuller which many believe was just strictly cap casualty, which I agree. But they bring in Desmond Trufant. You know, I, that seems to me the area that is most questionable going forward. What, what are your thoughts on the on the, the weakness of this defense going into next season? Cornerback is a concern. I think Jalen Johnson's going to be a good player provided he stays healthy. And I'm not too worried about him. It's a question of – the other spot that Fuller was occupying and also the nickel corner spot that was yeah. vacated by Buster Screen. They don't have anybody there that's, you know, proven either. So filling those two spots are going to be of vital importance. They still have their two starting safeties from last year. So parts of their secondary seem secure. It's the other parts that that give you concern, justifiably so. And Trufant has proven that he can be a, you know, a serviceable enough player when he's on the field. His yeah. problem has been staying on the field the past couple of years. So you just don't know, which is why the Bears have been sort of focusing on filling out the depth behind them to try and create some competition to see if they can find some guys that are, that are like, okay, if Trufant goes down, we have this guy who can probably step in and still be pretty decent for us. And who knows, they might find somebody even more capable than just being a spot starter. So that's the point of creating the competition that they have. Right. That's, that's what Sean Desai is all about, and I love that. I really hope you're right about that. So – going forward a little bit and let's get off the field a little bit. What field are the bears going to be on in yeah. the next five years? Because I keep hearing about Arlington Heights, I keep hearing about this massive casino that they're going to build there and have, you know, a retractable roof, all that good stuff. Do you think the bears jump on that? Or do you think that this is just smoking mirrors for them so they can rebuild at soldier field again? In, in times like this, I'm always reminded of, of a very simple quote when it comes to not just sports, but business in general. Follow the money. Yes. If somebody if, if they offer the Bears enough money to move out to Arlington Heights, they will. At the same time, if Chicago pays them more money to stay in, you know, in the city proper, they'll take that too. So it's always a question of who's going to pay us the most to move wherever or stay wherever. And that's yeah. the way I feel. Now, me personally – I live in Wakanda, which isn't too far from Arlington Heights. So, yeah, that's good for you. <laughs> so, you know, if they were to be closer to me, I'd be all for that. But at the same yeah. time, I completely understand why people want to keep them in Chicago because they are the Chicago Bears. So yeah. it's always a question of, in my in my point of view, finances. You know, whoever pays them the most money, that's where they're going to go. I mean, the idea to me to be able to 
go into a stadium, go to a, a sports book, place a bet, go to dinner, and then go out and watch the game right afterwards, all without having to leave the same building is just mm-hmm. such a luxury that I think Bears fans would relish the idea to be able to do. Oh, I believe I believe their rent is six over six million a year that they would also save on top of that. And the other thing in saying that would be um, for a marketing standpoint, you get to rename a field and you're going to get $20 million a year just for that alone. So that's, you know, that's a complete swing on what, instead of paying for their place, they're going to generate money and they're going to have a sponsor who's paying all their bills right. up front. It's right. a win-win. And they host win. Super Bowls in the field, yes. all that stuff. Yeah, concerts on the off revenue that, that can be generated oh, yeah. by a Super Bowl. All the money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a no-brainer to me. I agree. But, yeah, that, I mean, that was an excellent question, Alan. I got one more for you, Eric. Um, you know, I appreciate you coming on again. What, in your opinion, would constitute as a successful 2021-2022 campaign for the Chicago Bears team? If – Justin Fields never sees the field. Is that a good thing, bad thing? I'd love your thoughts on that. Well, if Justin Fields never sees the field, to me, that means they're winning. So, you know, I don't have a problem with that. But (laughs) there are two ways the season can be viewed as a success. Either the Bears play well, have a winning season, and probably make the playoffs, or Justin Fields comes in, performs well as a rookie, and gives you hope for the next couple of seasons when he's the unquestioned starter. So if neither of those things ends up happening, then it's probably not going to be viewed as a success in the minds of most fans. Right. Now, a lot of talk was, sorry, bringing up the the, the success thing. A lot of talk was about Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy's contracts. Real hush-hush, especially towards uh, Ryan Pace. Do you see a scenario, I, I'm assuming that they're – they got what two years probably to make this work and if it doesn't you blow it up right i would think i would think something to that the only way i see those two getting fired is if the season is a complete disaster as in fields doesn't play well or gets hurt and the bears just just totally bottom out we're talking you know four and four and 13 three and 14 something like that and if it's really really bad you know, they might just clean house and bring up, bring in somebody new to develop fields. But outside of that, if we're talking another middling season or even a winning season, then I expect they're going to be around next year to continue to see this through. Sure. What are your predictions on their, on their, uh, their finishing record? That was my question. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I guess I'm an optimist. I, I have them going 10 and seven. I'm not as intimidated by certain parts of their schedule as others might be, you know, particularly Pittsburgh. I understand Pittsburgh, had a good record last year, you know, and, and at times they were really good, but I also remember that they were one in six down the stretch. So yeah. they weren't playing like the same team they were to start the year. So it's a tough schedule. Don't get me wrong. I completely understand that. And it can go either way, but I think the bears are capable enough provided they stay healthy to, you know, go around 10 and seven and get in as a wild card. Awesome. Alan, you got any more for Eric? No. All answered right. my questions yeah. just like I, I, I thought kinda, he would. Well, I wanted well. to go back and forth, and I kind of jumped to two questions in a row. No, there, so. 100% but, fine. Eric, I appreciate you coming on with us, man. Always uh, – it's great having you on the time we get, which is appreciated. So definitely we'll look forward to having you on again soon. Where can we find you again, Eric? You can find me at Eric Lambert one on Twitter. I'm on there all the time. I found you on Facebook, I think, too, the other day, actually. You can find me on there as well. You're not so on there very much. Decided to friend me there if they wish, but you know, usually I'm on Twitter. So, okay. whichever your whichever your preference is. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Thanks good. again, Eric. Man, have a good night.
See you Thank later, you. guys. Later, Eric. All nice. right. Well, that's Eric Lambert, man. I whew, I love talking with that guy. He's always so gracious with his time. He is. Um, absolutely. A lot of a lot of points there that we that we all kind of agreed on, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, a successful season. I I agree that you know with Justin Fields is the biggest thing that's going to dictate whether it's a season of success or not. If he's able to develop and play well, even if they have a losing record. Yeah, I think I would take that as a Bears fan, wouldn't you? Oh, I definitely would. You know, for me, and it's something I said last week, it's one of these things where I want an honest assessment of where he's at at all times. Do not put him out there out of desperation. I feel like that's what we did with Mitch. Honestly, some people say that that's what ruined him. I think Mitch was a lost cause either way. Yeah, I don't think that's what – You don't want to get me going on that guy because if we have any Mitch Mitch truthers in here, they're going to hate me. But I'm just saying that I want an honest assessment of this guy going forward, you know, knowing where he's at, knowing if he's ready for the field, and if he is, put him out there. That's all I need. I just don't want to see this out of desperation because I know Matt Nagy. Nagy's going to Nagy, and he has his new toy, and he's going to want to play with it. And if that means throwing this kid out there under fire with this schedule that we have, and he's not ready, he's going to get murdered. This Before is the way we, uh, I feel about it. I agree. We'll talk a little bit more, Justin Fields. Uh, Eric Lambert interview was brought to you brought to you guys by our friends over at the uh, Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group, John Darren. You know, it's it's if you're looking for a home, that's the place to be. We got a quick message from. Hi, I'm Jonathan Darren, licensed real estate broker with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group in Homer Glen. Are you looking to buy or sell? Have you been disappointed in the past? The Jonathan Darren team with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group focuses on providing you with a concierge level of service during the process of buying or selling. We are a service-oriented team with a fresh and professional approach to selling real estate. Our goal is to combine knowledge, skills, and passion to exceed our clients' expectations, and most of all, we truly care. We are a knowledgeable real estate team focused on offering expertise and innovative solutions for our clients. The Jonathan Darren team has five full-service real estate brokers and a dedicated full-time marketer servicing all of Chicagoland. We will customize a detailed plan around your timeline for a sale, purchase, investment, estate, or other needs. Real estate transactions can be stressful, but don't need to be. Let us handle it for you. Visit our website, homesbyjdt.com, or call 708-308-1938 today. Expect better in real estate. Choose the Jonathan Darren team. All right. Now, it's just you and me for the next hour, or not hour, just kidding, for the next half hour, hour, 40 minutes. This isn't Turtles takes, all right. We're going to be done by (laughs) 830. Uh, But, yeah, you know, we touched on Darnell Mooney, right? There was some some fun topics uh, on Twitter today involving Darnell Mooney. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, cornerback, Los Angeles Rams. He he had some some words to basically tell Chicago fans to not believe the hype in Darnell Mooney that he was going to show us what's up when they face the Bears. Personally, I I thought Darnell Mooney held his own against him last year, made him Watch look kind of silly. 
you go look at the tape, that's what it tells you. The only thing that's bad about the tape is that he was overthrown a lot. <laughs> well, he who <laughs> he, shall not be named. He who is, I do not uh, speak about. That's right. You know, and he, he's, That's uh, a law here. <laughs> yeah, we, I try. I brought his name up once, and I regretted it the moment it came out. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's so – I actually saw um, – someone went on Wikipedia and actually said that that he was Darnell Mooney's son, and I about lost it. And you know, I think that's the straw that broke the camel's back. I I, I think he got tired. Yeah, exactly, right there. So he, uh, you know, the proof will be in the pudding. That's Go right. on the field and show it. But you're talking about one of the best corners in the league. Maybe he just had a bad day. Maybe Darnell Mooney is as good as we think he is. I I hope it's obviously the second one. But in saying that. You just lit a fire under this kid's yeah. ass, and you lit a fire under that whole defense, which is a very good defense. So here's, Andy Dalton better be ready and on point game one. Here's my thought, man. Like, you're the best corner, right? You're going to talk smack. That's what he does. He's done it his whole career, yeah. right? But then don't go and stop people from commenting on your Twitter. That's what pissed me off. Like, dude. Because like Mike was like ready to like have a revolution. About yeah, I know. This he wanted twelve fifty two. He wanted all of us to go up there. And I go there and I can't even comment on his stuff. And I'm like, well, why not? It, is it because I'm not following him? I went and followed him. Still can't. You're gonna take your ball and go home after remarks like that, right? That is a coward ass move. It's a coward ass <laughs> move. You know you what? You can't go out there throw shoot, throw stones and then get pissed off no. when people come back at you. No. It doesn't work like that in 2021. Twitter is an evil place. <laughs> and if you yeah. want that, you better bring that. And then I'm pretty sure he deleted that whole comment too, by the way. And so you, I didn't even get to see it because he deleted it after the fact, I believe. I, I don't think it's on his Twitter anymore. But if it is, I just must have missed it. But the guy, you know, just come out and prove it. That's all it takes. It's all it takes, kid. Mooney had a great first season, right? Stood out. That's what you look for in a guy drafted where he was drafted. Yeah. Somebody that's going to come out and stand out, and that's what he did. Hopefully, being in this system for a second year, a quarterback who we all agree is better than the one that they had previously, both (laughs) that they had last season. All of them Um, combined, more like it. Right. You know, and and (laughs) I hope – Big things for this offense. Call me a meathead all you want. I think I've posted on the Sport Court Facebook and Twitter. I think that this kid is the real deal. I think Justin Fields is going to be somebody who's going to take this franchise into a completely new direction. You know, yeah. I'd love to to get the feedback from you know everybody else in Chicago and and or Bears fans in general. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean we just got it from uh, Chubbs. He thinks that you know. Nagy should be fired if he doesn't get this team rolling this season. But I don't really know if he can this year because, and I know strength of schedule is something that it's just said around the league that, oh, it doesn't mean shit when it comes down to it. But if you really look at that schedule, there's a lot of ascending teams on that schedule, not not teams going down. I would say the Steelers are probably not going to be as good as their record said they were. Yeah. But Arizona is going to get better. You know, you're going to have Baltimore still going to be Baltimore. You know, they're, they're still even I had people crucifying this guy on my Bears page because he went out and said that he thought the Bengals were going to beat the Bears. And I sat and I'm like, 
it's not that out of the realm to think that Joe Burrow, if he's healthy, could come out and play well against them. Right. You know, like it's not like he's got a better offense. Yeah, that offensive line definitely needs work. But I wouldn't just give that a W right away. I mean, we don't know how Andy Dalton's even going to look this year. So football is so funny, right? Because it's a it's it's not like other sports where in basketball usually the best team wins all the, the best time. player with the best right team. the plus the best yeah. player will win most of the time. Football, man, like you could have the best quarterback, but if the receive the ball goes right through a receiver's hands to a defense, you could have a pick six. There's points the other way. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. The Bears could go- win three games this year. Yeah. They could also win 12 games this year. I have them picked at six. I, I, I have them at nine wins. Nine wins. Right. I'd be happy with nine. I think to get to that nine wins, Justin Fields is going to see the field. He yeah. will be playing. Um, yeah, yeah, see, that's me predicated on, on Justin Fields not playing. Right. That's just without Justin Fields. If that means he comes in, you know, week six, week eight, like you and I kind of talked about before the show, maybe that changes. Maybe, you know, a lot of defenses won't be able to scheme to what he does and he'll be able to tear it up. You know, that's my hope is that he's ready to come out and he takes it by storm. But I don't know if that's going to be the case. You know, it'll it'll be interesting. I there's a part of me like when I heard the Matt Nagy interview there's a part of me that like I get this vibe from him where he really wants to get Fields out there to play, right? Yeah. New toy, yeah. pedal to the metal, let's just do it. But yeah. I think he's also worried about, well, what if we rush him and his development is hindered? If the guy is the guy, I have a hard time believing that that's going to hinder his development. You know what I mean? And maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I've never played football. I've watched a lot of it. Yeah, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I feel like if you're the guy, you're gonna stand out and you're gonna succeed no matter what. Yeah, so that means he's he's mentally tough, right? And this kid, just from what I hear about him at training or at rookie minicamp, you know, he's walking like he's the guy. He's talking like he's the guy. He's mentally strong and he's ready to take on those kinds of things. That's the difference between him and he who shall not be named. Yes. Is that that guy seems like from day one already that he's ready to take that mantle. He's ready to take control of this team already. You know, the big quote for me, massive quote he said during his uh, press conference, and I'm not going to forget it. Whenever they were asking him about being the starter, you know, it's everyone on our team should be striving for, for a starting job. If you don't, you shouldn't be here. That's a culture move right there. Saying that, that means this kid going forward is going to think that way and and hold people accountable for their fuck-ups, for their mistakes. And if they don't learn from it, he's going to call them out day one. I hope that's who he is. I mean, way down the road, that could hurt us also because he's going to want massive contracts. He's going to turn into that guy like – like a Russell Wilson. Right. But that means we're every year we have a shot every year. And we what's the one position in football that you make sure you pay when you have one? A quarterback. Right. 100%. My favorite quote from Justin Fields is he was asked about pressure playing in Chicago. And he said that I don't think there's pressure on me 
because I expect myself to be a franchise quarterback. Yes. That mentality is something that this city has never really had. We had Jay. Jay was good, but he wasn't great. He made a lot of bonehead mistakes, could never really stay healthy at the right times. I love Cutler. He was my favorite quarterback to watch for this team. So I'll never have anything bad to say about him. I know a bunch of Bears fans, especially in Wisconsin, they don't like Cutler. I don't know how you don't. But that's a completely different topic for you know why different. they don't like Cutler is because he's meh. Yeah, he could have been great. He could have been great, and I was a bandwagon Cutler fan. I was when we got him. I went ape shit. I was crazy about the guy. Yeah. But over time, he just did this meh. Like he just didn't really get. He wasn't in it. He yeah. was in it. The only time I saw this kid smile, the only fucking time, was when he was at his fucking new contract press conference. That's it. I never saw him smile any other time, but the day he got his new contract and that's, that's a sad fucking statement to me, you know? And I like to think this is if you took Jay Cutler's physical ability and you took Mitch Trubisky's heart and you put them together, you have an ultimate quarterback. Yeah. And I like to think that that ultimate quarterback is now Justin fucking Fields. (laughs) I like to think that. I'm hope. hoping for that. And that's what all of us as Bears fans are hoping is that this kid gives us that that we've always been looking for. That we finally get a 4000 yard or 4000 yard passer. Yeah. yeah. That we have a stud quarterback who can throw the team on his back and bring us somewhere and not just sitting here and just predicating on all the defensive stuff all the time and throwing up you know, seven, eight, ten points a game or whatever it is. I think we're always bottom half in points, like 17 points a game or something yeah, like that. It's so sad. Like it's I wanna so be I wanna be in, in the 30s. Yeah. yeah. I still want to have an average defense that has a good pass rush. That's how you win in the NFL. You have a good pass rush. Look at Tampa Bay. Look what they did to Kansas City. They weren't world beaters on offense, but they have some fucking dogs up front. They have some <laughs> hound dogs up front that went after Mahomes all game long, made that kid uncomfortable. Kid still played all right for mm-hmm. having that in his face, but at the end of the day, like that's what won them a Super Bowl is having yeah. those dogs on defense. Yeah, absolutely. But I would be cool with 27 points a game. I'm not greedy. Static. Yeah. I just want to have 20 points a game. The Bears, like, these past few years, all I've been saying, all I've been begging for is to get 24 points a game. The Bears' defense will give you the rest, 24 fucking points a game, and you will win more than you will lose. That is a stat. You can look it up. 24 points a game would have won them a lot more games. But they just – God damn it. They just couldn't get out of their own way. And then Nagy with play calling, which we haven't even touched on, you know. Before So before we jump into that, this last half hour of the show is going to be I brought ranting. to you guys. Yeah, the rant, <laughs> the rant section of the show the rant section. is going to be brought to you guys, brought to you by our guys over at Nick and Ivy Brewery. Hello. 
This is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show as well as the 1252 brand because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for a fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. All yes. right, huge My shout guy. out to our guys over at Nick and IDB, beautiful downtown Lockport, Illinois. Uh, I mean, I know Alan's a huge fan of the. Uh, it wouldn't be a show without me talking about the cookie dough style. That's right, the cookie Nick dough style. It I, sounds fantastic. I actually talked to Paul on a little Facebook comment the other day about how he needed to make that a regular because that was actually a special he was doing. And. He could name it the Bratcher or whatever he wanted, you know. I wouldn't be mad, you know. I, I'm just throwing it out there, Paul. You know, I wouldn't be mad. We got no. the Fat Mike drink coming out. Maybe yep. we could get another one going. Wink, Bratchtastic, wink. we'll call it. Bratchtastic, whatever it is, we'll figure it. They're out. Cle- they're more clever at naming beers. They're than way I am, better than so. you and me. Yeah, yeah, way better about it. But now I had to drive three hours home from Nick and Ivy last time we were there, so I didn't get to really <laughs> indulge. And a lot of the uh, the alcoholic beverages, but my hope is next time I'm down in that area, I'll have the ability to crash at a hotel or something and enjoy yeah. some some good Nick and Ivy brew. That was uh, my first brewery ever, and I did not have a bad drink. I had about six different beers that day, and not one of them was bad. My girlfriend, even who doesn't drink beer, drank every one that I tried, and she liked them. And that's saying something because she doesn't really drink. And the fact that he got her in it, I'm like, wow, this is something. I'm, you hear I that need, train in the background? All back. aboard. Damn all right. aboard the train. What's the, that say? The, the Bratcha kind of, Dazzle? Yeah, that, I like it. Tarville coming up with, with names. <laughs> <Starfield>. <laughs> uh, but anyways, back to what we were talking about with the whole Back Justin to me getting Fields angry. <laughs> yeah. I feel like every show we do on this network somehow always reverts back to the Bears. Because it, it has to. Because Chicago I mean, the Bears, is Bears country. The Bears are my first are. love in Chicago. It's Dang. my very first, my favorite team down there. Um, I, my kids, you know, I took my kid to a Cubs game, but my, my real dream is to take both my kids and my dad to Soldier before they decide to move to Arlington Better Heights. Hurry. But then I'll take them to Arlington Heights afterwards, which I'm cool Better, with, but Better hurry because those pillars are coming down. Those pillars are gone. (laughs) I don't know if they'll ever tear it down. I feel like they'd keep it and just use it for like. They can move the pillars to fucking Arlington Heights. That's probably what they would do. You want to bet? They'd probably put it in the end zone or something. Maybe they take them and they, since they have like a horse track too or something, or maybe they, they have like a section off on the side where they have the columns where like people can go visit them or have like a tourist thing like that. I don't know. It's. I'm done with that shit, though. I'm I'm seriously over it. I'm I've been watching this team for far too long. I'm tired of the fucking history. Tired of, as Mike would say, duh bears. I'm tired yeah. of it. I just want to get with the times. I want to have a four thousand yard fucking passer. 
let's get on that train. Yeah. Let's let's stop worrying about the middle linebacker position always being having some stud on it. And right. let's start scoring some fucking points, guys. Cause that's what's that's what matters in 2021 is points. Right, that's Angelo? A hundred percent. Like a hundred percent, man. I'm I'm like I told you, I would settle for 26 points a game. Uh, the Bears the last couple seasons have been a tough, tough watch. It is. You know, it's it's like a whenever we play job trying to a good, enjoy yeah. a game. Yeah, like whenever we play an actual team that has an average defense, it's like watching like like someone getting murdered. It's 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 brutal to fucking watch this team on offense over yeah. and over. It's the same stuff again. It's the same problems. But hope, but like I said, we have hope now. But when will hope come to fruition, and when will Justin Fields see the field? That's the big no question. Pun intended. No pun intended. They should move to Arlington Heights. Name the stadium Justin Fields Stadium. <laughs> now you're getting crazy. And now you're getting boom, nuts. <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll win 17 Super Bowls. And uh, you're me. Justin now. Fields will go down in history as that's the all-time the, greatest quarterback of all time. I'm that's cool enough with, with the meathead shit. And I mean, man, if that's what on. happens, cool. I'm, no. I'm not asking too much. You're asking way too much. And the thing is that you need to be, you know, and I know that you're just fucking around. Yeah. I know that you want to be realistic here. And that's that's what we try to do here is be realistic about things going forward. So saying that, again, what happens with Andrew or Anthony Miller? What right. happens with all these guys? Like, what does this team look like the year after? Because what I think is that after this year, next year is when Justin Fields is, is ready 100% to take the fucking leap over. Yeah. That's my thought process, but I think differently than others. I know a lot of people want him day one, but I don't know if that's the answer. The answer is honest assessment, knowing what we have, knowing if he's ready or not. And then after that, God, I have trains going like crazy today. Hold on. That's one the second. Schuster Grobstein Express, man. Let me get this close here. Like Tarbo said. I never had this many Grob trains State go Schuster by. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden, like I usually have one train a day. I've had like fucking seven in an hour. It's insane. It's nuts. But anyway, back to what we're talking about here. You know, it's like, you know, going forward, we have the second oldest defense in the NFL right now, if I'm not mistaken. You know, that defense is only getting older. It's only right. getting worse. Yep. So what do you think about that defense and where they need to go going forward? So obviously Roquan Smith, he's not going anywhere. Nope. You have to keep him. Even though I just went on a rant about not having a fucking middle linebacker, you still need one. Right. And he's, he's a great one. But what else on the defensive side of the ball? Like what direction do you think they go? Do they switch back to a four three? Do they stay with three four and just try to get more pass rushers? Because so I think I like the three four defense. Yeah, I like the pressure you get with a three four. Yeah, um, your base packages are a little bit better. That's just me though. Now, yeah. I think that you have to start looking at Khalil Mack, right? <laughs> and uh, this year, I think the Bears realize they have to do something this year or next year. Yeah. And if they don't, then you're going to find yourself in a situation where kind of like Cutler, when he was good, the defense was so bad. 
Remember when was it the back to back fifty burgers where yep. the Packers put up fifty and the Bear or the Patriots put up fifty? Yep. And that yeah, was, the Bears hung around, but that was the worst time ever being a Bears fan. And it was pretty terrible. I started loving the Bears in the nineties, yeah. and I would have took that shit over that. Like that's that's how bad that it like that defense was garbage it was so hard to watch garbage and we had guys on there that we all loved so much and we just could not like well yeah but like bring ourselves to be like god damn it brian locker yeah so old so like just sitting here watching them and being raised on defense watching good defense and you see bad defense you're like you're like like wanting to throw up yeah like it was ridiculous like i couldn't sit I, I fucking turned that Packer game off at halftime. It was like 48 to zero or some shit or like, mm-hmm. like, like something crazy like that. And I didn't even watch the end of the game and I never not watch a game. I always watch the fucking game. Snap. I watch snap. I have a bad tendency of like, no matter how bad the game is, I make myself yeah. watch the you, entire game. You force feed yourself yes. to go through it because you're like, I'm a fan and I yeah. only get, I have to deal with this bullshit. Like, you don't get that many football games, so you just endure and you just feel the pain of every single one. And you're like sitting here like, is this the bullshit I have to watch? Yeah, Tarbill, we know you're seven. <laughs> we get that, you know. Mm. But like going back to it, man, it's like we like the Packer fans feel that way about quarterbacking. We feel that way about defense. So when we see a bad defense, we're like, holy shit, this is garbage ass shit. Yeah. When Packer fans see a bad quarterback, which they see with us every year, they they feel that way. Although, I, but they're gonna about to start about watching to it on it. their own team here pretty soon too. So I'm in a NFC North like little shit talking group, and those mm-hmm. guys they don't want to admit it, but they're fucking nervous. They're How could you not be? Right now. How could like, you not be? Like One I know that's like, oh, yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. But let me tell you what, man, Aaron Rodgers hasn't come out one time nope. to nip this shit. And to me, that's it. He don't care. No, he's he done with, with you. And guys. I'm and I'm very happy about that. But I don't want to get talking about him. Yeah. Because because I'll be too happy. I have a fucking rule about we're on a Bears network. Let's keep it Bears, Angelo. You do have that rule. I tried to make a make a point in uh I Bears will, fans with a brain and you got all salty at me oh, for it. And a lot of my a so lot I of deleted my, my post. No, I'm pretty sure I deleted your post, but either way I deleted it. So if you deleted it, we deleted it. It at was the same fucking time. gone. <laughs> because man, well no, it's it's just that we've been hearing so much about him for mm-hmm. so long. And we have our guy now, you know Let's start focusing on that yeah. instead of what he's doing. Yeah, if Aaron Rodgers plays there this year, it's going to be a shit show for us probably because he's still going to whoop our ass. He's still going to come out and beat us because our defense can't figure him out. But hopefully, I don't know, I'm man. I thought the Vic Fangio defense handled him pretty well. They beat him once, right? But I mean, they whenever or Vic twice. played against him. They always held their own in the entire the game, game. plan better, yeah. Right. And I think that that's what you can kind of hope for with Desai is that he game plans a little bit better with this defense. He knows these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that should lead to better, you know, um, control, better. I feel um, like there's going to be more physicality. That's what, yeah, better physicality, that, less mistakes. I feel like that's the word you're looking for. Less so mistakes, better. You're going to yeah. see 
you're going to see more pressing at the line. Yeah. Because Jalen Johnson is a big fucker. He's going to press at the line. You know, it's not going to be, I'm hoping it's not going to be this like seven yard drop back, you know, throw the short game all day at him and just let him try to beat you that way. I really hope that's not the Ben don't break defense. Right. That's the, I, that's the as favorite, I like to call the favorite yeah. quote of Bears fans. Yeah. But I want pressure, 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 pressure. I want to bring him. I want to confuse him. I want Aaron to feel like he doesn't know which way's up and down. That's what Vic Fangio would do to him, yep. which is yep. what you were alluding to yep. is that, you know, he had a lot of crazy blitz packages. He had a, a lot of these things that would confuse him because he didn't know what, what read was coming and he would misjudge his reads and then get right. murdered. Like he'd be having Cleo Mack as his daddy all day. You know, but I want know, I want Khalil Mack to be all the quarterbacks' daddies this year. Like, he fucking back sacked him once. Like yeah. that's how bad it was for Aaron Rodgers in a game. I think they sacked him five times that game that they beat him. And then, uh, Eddie Jackson had a pick in the end zone, which he brought out, which he shouldn't have because he got that hurt. That hurt him. Mm-hmm. I was screaming at the TV whenever that happened. I'm like, sit the fuck down. That was 18, but, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was 18, and then he wasn't right the rest of the year. Didn't Which, play in the playoffs, and didn't play in the playoffs. I don't know if it hindered it that much because the offense was pretty terrible against those e- the Eagles that year till the last drive, and yeah, everybody's like, "Oh my points. god, look at how good he is!" And there's a reason for that. It's because they went to prevent defense, mm-hmm. and when you go there, and this is the thing about Mitch, the name I should not be fucking still saying on this network. Yep, is that Mitch <laughs> in the fourth fucking quarter always came out to play right? That's yep. because the defense dropped back in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the pressure was gone. The pressure's gone. He doesn't have guys in his face as much anymore. They usually had a good, comfortable lead and just said, all right, you can dink and dunk us all day. Kind of like what the Bears defense was doing, then don't break with under Chuck Pagano. You know, And yep. I-, I would rather see a Vic Fangio defense where you have all these crazy packages you don't know where it's coming from, and you're not fucking dropping Khalil Be- Mack back in coverage. That's yeah. dumbass garbage. Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack should go every fucking play at the quarterback, no matter what happens. Period. End of story. No debate. Like, bring your dogs home. It's the way. This, that's my slogan this year. Bring your dogs home. Yeah. Bring all I, those fucking meatheads up front. Bring all your beef home. End bring all the beef home. Bring all the it. beef home, bro. Bring that beef home. I'm going to make a shirt that says, bring the beef home and wear it every fucking Bears game. Yep. I mean, like, just just, just that kind of stuff, though, is, is like what I what I mean. Andrew Tarbill says Bears will lead the division this year. Well, again, Andrew, is that predicated off of Aaron Rodgers being there, or is Aaron not going to be there? Angelo, I'll let you have the floor on that. I uh... – I'm a strong believer that Aaron Rodgers is not back with Green Bay next year. Whether he decides to take time off or they trade him, which they are pretty adamant they're not going to trade him. Denver's ringing. I know. How do you – if Rodgers isn't going to come back, how do you allow yourself to get nothing for him? Zero. Just because you want to make a point? Like, oh, we're not going to trade you. It's a big game of chicken. Nah, sorry. Guess what? Unfortunately, the NFL is a job, right? You do what you got to do. You move on from pieces you have to move on from. <laughs> Where's the beef? The beef <laughs> The beef should be on the quarterback, Darren. That's right. 
That's where the beef should be. I have something for you, Alan, team. that I, I have special just for you. Oh, no. You know, you like to say his name a bunch. Oh, no. God damn you. <laughs> Get that shit off my there's that, there's that lost look in his eye like, uh, I it's don't know always where to go. It's the same look. Yeah, it He's is. He's mentally weak. He's well, mentally weak. Hold on. Before we talk about mentally weak, I don't know <sighs> if that's true. I mean, he's won awards, right? Like, he yeah. was the MVP. The biggest joke of all time award. <laughs> Nickelodeon. You're going to lose a game and, be those... a, and get a fucking award for losing a game? Yeah. That's the problem with 2021. Yeah. <laughs> There's no fucking more. Like, stop with the participation awards. Stop with the nice guy award. Yeah, go out there and win a fucking football game, and that—that's what I love about Justin Fields is that he's mentally hard from day one. He doesn't give a shit about nope. that. He doesn't care he doesn't. if if they're sitting, you know, in the back, everyone's working out at the facility, and then on the fucking screens, just shit talking him. He's gonna laugh and keep training. He's not gonna make everyone turn it off, like Mitch yeah. well, famously did. Off, I turned off all the cameras or yeah. all the TVs at Hallis Hall. Oh. I heard this kid, I think it was, I think it was two years ago, if I remember right, they, they did an interview with Mitch asking him what it was to be a leader. And I think one of his answers was about cleaning up the locker room and making sure that ESPN 1000 blew that up. I mean, what the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, you know, we're going to clean up the room. Like, really? Like, I don't want to knock millennials because I'm a millennial. I'm a grandfather millennial. I was yes. going to say, you're like on the fringe of <laughs> I'm on the end of millennialness, right? But, man, like, you got to – you you cannot be that mentally soft in the NFL today and expect to live as a quarterback. You just can't. No. And, and the fact that, like, people defended this kid to the end of time. Like, I had so many arguments I had to go through about this kid. That I made it a rule after April, no more fucking yeah. talk. Yep. Because the, like everybody would just fight about him constantly about, you know, well, he's a really nice guy and he shows up every day early and late. You know what? You can show up and fucking, he could live there. He'd have a fucking cot there for all I care. <laughs> but the kid was not good enough on the field. No. Not I even. could get hired there and sit all fucking day in a in a room watching film, trying to learn shit. I could come out and. But he was the first things. in and the first to leave, or the last yeah. to leave. Out great, awesome, and that really produced well on the field. But right? it doesn't translate. Yeah, nope. yes, it doesn't because mentally he's not smart enough to right. grasp. And offenses. that's not. I'm not trying to be mean right. about him. I he's don't a hate good this kid. kid. Like I flat out said that if you took Jay Cutler and him. And you merged him together, it'd be fucking amazing. Yeah. Because Jay Cutler's mentality sucked about everything. Yeah. Physically amazing. He knew what to do, though. If you took Mitch's heart and put it in him, you'd have a great quarterback. I love him for that. But what I don't fucking love is, oh, feel sorry for me because, you know, I'm here every day doing this and I'm the first one here and the last one to leave. But guess what? I can't fucking hack it on the field unless it's the fourth quarter and they're playing fucking prevent. Like that's, that's my whole problem with Mitch is that he didn't show it to me enough. He couldn't make progressions at all at all. And then as soon as he starts hitting these dump passes in the fourth quarter, Oh my God, look at Mitch now. 
Yeah. He did the same thing in college. I think it was the Sun Bowl. Same fucking scenario. Same result. Started out shitty for three quarters, and then all of a sudden, he looked like a world beater. Yeah. That's because of this. That's why it happens. And I'm going to scream it till the fucking cows come home. Dahmer and Hitler were nice guys, too. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, Darren. They acted like nice guys, but at the end of the fucking day, it's like, he's not ready. He's not <laughs> there. <laughs> Let's take him out already yeah. and move forward with it. Like, ugh. Do you remember how pissed off people were? When Cutler was legit hurt, and they were like, "Oh yeah, he's such a quitter," oh and that was like the downfall of everything. The whole Cutler and the Bears situation. Yeah. That that season broke my fucking heart. That's the season when I stopped being a Jay Cutler fan because Jay Cutler was my fucking hero. Before then, he was the guy I was like, "Oh, he's gonna make it there. He's gonna do it for us, right?" And then what happens? Oh, I'm just going to ride this bike. I'm just riding the bike. The Bears did that that man no favors. They did. With, with, being, with one, putting him out there after halftime. Yeah. And then, two, not coming out and saying but he that he had, was hurt. He had a serious injury. If I remember right, it was like a level two, like, I think it was a, was it MCL. Yeah, grade two or, MCL, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, that's that's not something to fuck around no. with. You know, like, that's not like. Like, the fact that, that he came out and me, tried. Yeah, like. If that happened to you or me, we wouldn't be that way. Yeah. Like we'd be sitting on the couch moaning and bitching and crying. I do that actually, on a daily, just being me. Like <laughs> I get a stomach ache and I'm fucking. Yeah. Bitching oh, my head stomach. hurts. That's yeah. Me. Yeah. yeah. Like like I get like, a headache and I'm in a hotel room with no lights on, <laughs> eating peanuts, drinking Gatorade, and going to sleep at <laughs> at seven thirty at seven night. o'clock. Instead of hanging out with you and Mike, like, kicking it with me. That's you know, right. But. That's what it is. And, you know, that's that's a problem with the media, too, is that, you know, we don't always tell the whole story because we don't know the whole story. We right. just go off of, of what we think is true. It's all about perception instead of reality. Right. And the difference is sometimes massive, you know, and that's something that excites me when we get to talk to these players is that I get to learn their side of the story on a real time basis. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't like, I was upset whenever Bernard Berrien left town. I was, I was super fucking pissed. Yeah. We he talked was, about that before the show yeah, last week. Yeah. And I, I talked to him personally about it, but after hearing him explain it to me and why he left, I can't fucking blame the guy because if you hear the GM of a team in the background going like, oh, my God, they gave him that, like, that's enough for me to want to fucking leave. If if your boss, if you're on a call with your boss about, you know, maybe potentially leaving where you are for somewhere else, like you did recently, mm -hmm. say that you called your old company, right? And you heard the boss in the background laughing about what they offered you. Wouldn't that be enough to leave? Yeah, absolutely. Uh -huh, they're going to, yeah. hey, they offered it. I'm going right. to take it and well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go prove you wrong somewhere that's else. That's right. And that's, so. I mean, and that's 100% what he did. And I'm excited for that. I'm happy for that. Yeah. But that just shows me that, you know, our franchise as a whole, you know, isn't always run the best. You know, right. we, Every every organization has its its problems. Every organization isn't run perfect. Like I said earlier, Green Bay had Ahmad Green came in and said he wanted to be a fucking scout, 
and the GM told him he was overqualified to be yeah. a scout. Is there such a thing as overqualification in the NFL? Especially at that position, right? To, that to position scout players, don't you want somebody who's overqualified to do it so you yes. can overqualify all your players that you're scouting? 110%. Yes. The answer is always fucking yes yeah. in any walk of life. Any I always thought that was the most – well, you're too qualified for this position. Well, then that's a good thing. Any walk of life, I here. want the best fucking guy I can get at every spot. Yep. And the fact that somebody would say that tells me that's not a good run organization. But they've had a couple quarterbacks fall in their fucking lap. That's why, they're, that's why they've been as good as they have. If they haven't, they're going to be a fucking joke, just like we're waiting patiently for them to be very soon. <laughs> Right, <laughs> but yep. fingers crossed that that uh, Justin Fields is the guy. Hope and uh, I don't Hope. really want to talk about he who should not be named anymore. What's my oh. boy Darren say? What Bears about the new guy? Fall. Yeah, the new I guy. Mean, so Darren, if you missed it, yes, we already talked about Justin Fields a little bit, but we are very hopeful for Justin Fields. I don't want him to see the field until he's ready. Until he's yeah. honestly ready. I don't want assumption. I don't want desperation. I want facts. I want to know that this kid is ready day one right. to go out and play. He can run and manage an offense effectively, Darren. So to answer and I mean, question, honestly, is there anybody yeah. out there who doesn't believe that Justin Fields is better than Andy Dalton at this point? And Andy he's never Dalton? even played a snap, right? Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. Yeah, Andy Dalton. That's, that's the only one. Um, he's the – Andy you know, Dalton's wife. Um, uh, maybe she, she. I don't want to say nothing, but maybe she even thinks Justin. Fields I mean, is the guy. it's hard to tell, man. And it's just one of those things that I'm really excited to go into camp and see what's going on. I wish they would have kept it in fucking Bourbon A because yeah, would have been cool. We could have done a, a show down there, man. Bourbon A. I'm 30 minutes from Bourbon A. We could have did a show down there, crashed yeah. at your pad all weekend, fucking and that a, was all dude. week, and that'd have been sweet. We could have had a blast. Could have got some players. Speaking of, if there's anybody out there that knows how to get a media pass, feel free to hit me up. I might actually be able to take. We we would love to get a media pass to get some get some hot juicy gossip. I might have that in for you. We will talk about that later, but I might have that in for you because I have a buddy who used to write a little bit, and he used to go to Bears Media you know, all over the place all the time with that. Nice. So I will ask his opinion on how I can go about doing that. But All right. Well, on yeah. that note, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We've had some good uh, conversations in the yeah. chat. I didn't put everybody up there. Thank you, Darren. But, thank you. Yeah, Darren. Chubbs, as always. My our main man, Chubbs. Always watching our Chubbs shows. didn't come in. Like, yeah, I was hoping Chubbs would have jumped on I with us. Chubbs but to jump on and argue with me a little Maybe bit. that's or something we can look forward to in uh, one of the next – installments of the sport court or uh if you ever decide to do a show something like that I'm or if i'm back on with fat mike who knows yeah Ooh. i'm thinking about it but it's kind of crazy i'm excited to see you back on with fat mike tomorrow right tomorrow night mistaken? the fat mike chicago sports show baby Ready is to back and uh we're gonna kick some ass and take some names and watch some or talk some sports you know so yeah. On that note, guys, thanks to our sponsors, Nick and Ivy, John Darren, and uh, White Oak Farm Venues. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week or Wednesday or whenever you guys want to chat with us. Go to uh, Bears Fans with the Brain on Facebook. Alan, what's your Twitter? 
Um, Alan underscore Bratcher, right? Yeah, but I gotta I gotta get back on that. I had a problem with that. My I don't remember my password for that. So I oh, dude, I'm messed. the worst with passwords. I haven't even here. messed with it honestly. So with me, it's real easy. You could see it on the scroll. Yeah. All you have to do is just type in at Sportcord AC and you find me. Yeah. Boom. Easy, simple, easy. And also easy. remember to go to the twelve fifty two Twitter that's as right. well. Because that's what I do usually. Twelve fifty two Twitter. We got yes. that right here. Yes. At, at twelve fifty two underscore sports. Yes. And go like and subscribe our uh, our Twitch channel, Facebook, all that stuff. We might be transitioning off of Facebook here pretty soon. YouTube, baby. Um. So yeah, hit that YouTube. Hit that Twitch. If you get on the Twitch, we're gonna. There's been talks of a friendly competition between uh, some of the members of twelve fifty two and. Uh, some of the listeners in some MLB the show. So feel free to, to follow along and, and we'll I'm, get that. I'm practicing. Details, yeah. Those details worked <laughs> out, but uh, thanks again, guys. <laughs> and uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow and we'll see you guys again later. Bye.